cynicism. Why did it have to be cynicism? Welcome, everybody, <laughs> to this episode of Cynical About Things, where instead of being afraid of snakes, we are afraid of cynicism. Uh, obviously, that means it's going to be Indiana Jones. <laughs> um, so with me, as always, is uh, co-host Henry. Who? Who? <laughs> who's this guy uh and we're going to be talking about indiana jones in uh in celebration in preparation in whatever asian word of uh dial of destiny coming out on june 30th that's my ad plug and i'm not being paid for it <laughs> um so yeah we're just gonna go through the four movies we're not going to talk about the uh young indie tv show i didn't even know that existed henry asked if we were going to cover it and neither of us have ever seen it so the answer is no sorry yeah, i've only seen anything. like parts of it like bits oh, and God. pieces yeah yeah so sorry if anybody really wanted to hear our opinions of the young indie show um but yeah we're gonna go through the four movies in order and then maybe talk a little bit about dial of destiny i don't know i, I was don't... hoping to yeah like speculation or like uh whether we're excited for it or not but we can wait to see if time allows at the very end yeah no i would i would be down for that to be perfectly honest i i i think i've like seen bits and pieces of the trailer i i I mean, I've rewatched all of the Indiana Jones movies in preparation of this, so I did research on the existing stuff, but I did not do any research whatsoever on the upcoming stuff. I think, like, isn't, like, Phoebe Waller-Bridge in it or whatever? Yeah, she's um, apparently his goddaughter. Okay, yeah, she's a really good actress, so that's she pretty is, cool. She is, yeah. Um, and then that, that James Mangold, right, is doing mm-hmm. it. Uh, he's a great director, so the c- cool, promising talent behind it, but I literally know like nothing about it other than the name and bits and pieces of the trailer and there's that scene with like the cgi old in- or young indie yeah um so i guess with all that out of the way the intro done um let me just jump right into it we're gonna do them in uh, uh release order not chronological order um yep. so uh henry are you cynical about indiana jones and the raiders of the lost ark um uh... Well, first of all, me being the purist that I am, I always just call it Raiders of the Lost Ark since that's how it was originally released. <laughs> and then the other ones I refer to with Indiana Jones in the title. Yeah, uh, whatever. <laughs> semantics, I know. Um, am I, no, I'm not cynical about Raiders of the Lost Ark. I do think it deserves its status as, you know, one of the most important and influential movies of all time. Uh, is it perfect? No, obviously not. Nothing is. You, any story, you could, you know, find holes in it if you, like, poke at it enough. Uh, but you know, I, I think that probably if you were to show that movie to somebody who didn't grow up with it, this day, they'd just be like, Oh, well, it's just national treasure. It's just uncharted. It's just Brendan Fraser. There's the mummy and stuff like that. And well, yeah, it's because that's like what inspired all those things. And not only that, but you know, it's also like a revival of like the old movie adventure kind of movies that lucas grew up with way back in the 40s or whatever so it's like the bridge between those like old hollywood and new hollywood in a way you know yeah and it came out like right in that that era of like the the the, the dawn of the blockbuster right and stuff so um it is i mean tarantino would probably look back and weep because he's a big fan of old hollywood but it right. is like in that critical era of the translation from i mean it's honestly just one of the key films in like the the rise of like the Lucas Spielberg blockbuster yeah you know, era so um, and appropriately because those got, both of those guys were heavily involved with it right it's their so, love child basically 
Yeah, it's actually kind of cool that they uh, like cooperatively made it. I always think that's like a neat thing. Yeah, me too. I was actually thinking about that. That like that is like the only time in Hollywood history where two very prominent, influential directors actually like came together to work fifty fifty on something. You don't really see that happening. Yeah, which is a shame because like uh, collaborative projects, in my experience, are um, usually better, rewarding, and yeah. like typically better i would say or at least like more uh inventive because you just have two minds bouncing off of each other so you see the the you almost like see the creative process at work in the movie and i feel like that really shows in raiders uh it's very good yeah i think it shows in all three because i'm kind of jumping ahead here it definitely shows the most in raiders but like i guess in summary lucas is a really good idea guy like he's really good at like walking into a room and giving like a pitch like hey let's do a college professor who's also an adventurer and he has like a james bondy type of personality sometimes and stuff and then spielberg like does all the heavy lifting <laughs> but you you kind of need both you know what i mean like you need somebody to be the idea guy and then somebody to be the like details guy yeah you know? it's like a, a dreamer and a doer sort yeah. of thing, and it comes together very well so yeah. uh did you have you did you re-watch any of the movies in preparation? i actually yeah i re-watched raiders last night uh oh, cool. re- yeah the whole thing and i re-watched uh most of temple of doom uh the night before i don't know why i did it well i mean technically temple of doom is chronologically first but whatever yeah. uh and uh last crusade i had already seen uh recently like a few months ago i had caught it on tv so it was still fresh enough in my mind that i didn't really need to see it again oh, and cool. uh kingdom of the crystal skull funny i don't think i've ever seen that whole movie front to back oh really but i've caught enough of it on tv over the years and stuff that i could kind of put it all together in my head like i know what it's gotcha. about and okay yeah yeah i in like the past three days i've rewatched all four of them um i so this is the interesting thing is um i really like raiders it's like a it's like a really fun movie like it's so fun it's so uh, i mean like yeah there's there's national treasure yeah there's uncharted yeah there's tomb raider but they all suck compared to <laughs> they all suck compared Pretty to much. Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. like not only is it is it the one that did it first, but I would say pretty easily it's the one that did it the best. Like yeah. it's sometimes you end up with situations in fact actually I'll all I'm not always an an old equals good new equals bad kind of person. Like sometimes you do legitimately see people revisit a formula and like improve on it. It happens. Yeah. It probably happens pretty frequently. Um, but I don't think anybody has revisited that formula and done it better than the original Indiana Jones trilogy does it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And especially Raiders. I was actually thinking about this when I was watching Raiders last night that uh, that I, I never really thought about when I was a kid growing up with it is that, uh, uh, and this is not only missing from all the copycats, it's even missing from the indie sequels a little bit, which is it. Uh, Raiders does a really good job contrasting his like college professor persona with his adventurer persona. And then that contrast is kind of missing from the rest of the franchise. It's there a little bit, but I kind of wish they would have like explored that side of his personality more like in the later movies. And I kind of wish that like a lot of these other copycat movies had protagonists that are, you know, like really smart like that. You know, what yeah, I mean? he's like he's a little bit more um, like almost like nerdy 
in Raiders. At yeah, and parts. then in the second one, he's more James Bondy, and then in the and third then in one, the last he just Crusade, has daddy like, issues. <laughs> in the last Crusade, he's like back to being kind of nerdy. But yeah, 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 yeah. That one was more of a return to form. But yeah, the um. So this is what I will say is that I mean I'm getting ahead of myself here, but Raiders is my second favorite. Um, Ooh, and the the. I always go back and forth between it and the Last Crusade. Well, yeah, but this is Last this Crusade is one is thing that I will kind of say. Very close second for me. Yeah, go ahead. Where are we this, say? this is what I will say is like Raiders has some weird pacing choices. I, in my I'm opinion. glad you said that because I was about to say like the opening of the movie is great. Like the first act, beautiful. Oh, it's perfect. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. But in the middle, like the whole Marion getting kidnapped shit, like I don't know, something about it is a little shaky and like. Yeah. I know that all the movies are campy because they're a love letter to old B movies, but like the, the thing with the monkey being a spy and then giving the Nazi sign, it was like a step a little too far into <laughs> campy for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that part I, I just chuckle at. I don't know. The thing that I'm specifically talking about is you brought it up is the, the Marion kidnapping stuff and specifically her back and forth with uh, Belloc. Oh, it's yeah, like, that part's really awkward. That part's really awkward, and also, to me at least, it kind of, like, comes out of nowhere. Like, it, Yeah, it does. Bellic appears to have some sort of, like, leg- like le- semi-legitimate, like, romantic attraction to her. But that's, like, introduced and executed in the same scene, and, right. like, borderline paid off in the same scene. There's, like, no setup to it. Yeah, and he keeps on makes like, him come across as and... like really rapey and creepy, and that you know well, I know he's the yeah, bad guy, but like <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's there's that there's that yeah. component of it. I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of that in all of them, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah, but the uh, yeah, like the pacing of the movie. There's some very strange scenes. There's some very weird like sudden cuts to like. It's like um, it's almost like they cut like a second or two too early. Like, yeah, yeah, like they're missing a reel or something like yeah, yeah, or like the reel gets cut short. I, yeah, I like noticed they, that too. They give information like it's like um, just I, I'm just bringing up like a hypothetical thing here, but it's like they show Indiana Jones like go like a uh, map, figure out the location of the the chamber of like the well of souls or whatever and then he like smiles and then he like goes down to sala and he's like sala i found it and just immediately cuts to them on the hill like there's no reaction from sala like it's just like it's like yeah again it's just like a second or two early like they didn't hang on the actors long enough to like just give a moment of the audience going right like sala's on board now they're gonna go find the dig up the well of souls or whatever yeah Yeah, there's 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 just a little bit too much of that. There's a lot of weird cuts like that. Actually, earlier in the movie, when he finds Marion in Nepal or wherever, where she has her dive bar and then it explodes on fire and then she pulls out the medallion and she's like, I guess I'm stuck with you now. And then it just cuts straight to them, like on an airplane flying to Egypt. Like there's no reaction shot of Indy, like rolling his eyes, being like, I yep. guess you're stuck with me. You know, yeah, yeah, shit like that. Yep. Yeah, there's a little bit of... um. It's almost like the glue between certain scenes is just missing. It almost like reminded yeah. me of like the goofy wipe cuts in Star Wars, but like 
bad instead of charming. Yeah, because <laughs> I wonder if maybe they were trying to recreate that. Because maybe I haven't seen many like old 1940s movies that influenced all this shit, but maybe they had like weird cuts like that, and that was what they were trying to emulate. You're right that the white cuts in Star Wars work better for that. They they translate into modern storytelling sensibilities better than Indy's way of cutting things. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I think. See, this is the thing is, since since they're kind of all, like, since my reactions to all of them are very fresh in my mind, I guess, I kind of have started judging movies by the number of times I'm, like, pulled out of it. And that's really, like, the only metric that I'm going on at the moment. Yeah. And there are, like, different kinds of of being pulled out of something. And, like, there's, like, technical reasons, and then there's, like, story reasons. And I, personally, for me, story reasons are way worse to be pulled out of than technical reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but Raiders has no, like, story things that I go, like, huh? Well, yeah, why yeah. Why like, do if do that? You, it's just if you read technical the pl- things. Yeah, I agree. If you, like, read the plot on Wikipedia, it reads very well, you know, like, it... Uh, yeah, unlike, yeah. basically, any movie i've seen that has come out in <laughs> the last decade yeah I feel where, you there. where i think i understand why the writers in hollywood aren't getting paid <laughs> <laughs> but anyway i digress uh yeah like re- readers plot that's a good way to put it is like if steven spielberg came up to you and like showed you the the, the plot points point by point you would just you would nod along and go like yeah I see exactly where this is going and then if you see it in execution you go okay some of these are a little like rushed together or spliced together weird but other than that it flows perfectly fine it's a great story yeah it has good villains um, yeah I think the only thing that's a little weird from a story perspective is um when when he gets on the U boat and it shows the classic like Indiana Jones map of the U-boat going to whatever it is like Cyprus or whatever. Yeah. And then it's like in the next scene, Indiana Jones is like soaking wet, but it's like, did the U-boat dive and holding (laughs) onto it or did it just sail across the ocean? So like, why is he soaking wet? Oh yeah. That's a good point. And like, did the u-boat dive because that's normally what submarines do like isn't there some risk that the u-boat would be spotted or whatever i don't know um i mean i guess at that point the nazis weren't at war but like it's like 1936 or whatever but still that one story point i was it felt a little weird like i wasn't sure why indiana like did he just cling to the hull of the vessel i don't know whatever Mm. but um other than that i can't think of anything that i was like as i was watching and i went huh um so yeah basically great movie yeah completely agree uh i think you pretty much uh hit the nail on the head with all the good points and the few bad points that i have about it so oh actually uh, before we move on actually i want to ask you what is your opinion and we can revisit this in the kingdom of the crystal skull discussion sure what is your opinion of like the marion ravenwood Oh, I think uh, I think she's a good love interest. Uh, I think that out of all the love interests in the franchise, she's the best one. But I don't know if that's really saying much. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, yeah, the only thing I think that sticks out to me, I mean, uh, aside from like a few over the top acting moments and stuff like that, 
and the weird like kidnapping sequence is also well a couple things one when uh indy finds her but then says no if i free you now it's gonna blow my cover so i'm gonna just leave you tied up here i i understand why he did that and i understand that it's also for comedic effect but i feel like something like that wouldn't fly in like today's world if that movie came out today like i'm gonna leave this vulnerable woman tied up <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a weird scene yeah, yeah. And um, aside from that, uh, the other thing was earlier in the movie when they're interacting, like after they see each other for the first time in like 10 years, I think it's supposed to be. She says something like when they first fell in love, she was basically just a kid. And he says something like, oh, you knew what you were doing. And like, that's another thing that I feel like in today's post Me Too world that just would not fly. <laughs> so, yeah, Indy is a bit of a bit of a sketchy dude. Yeah, well, I mean, he's loosely he's partially based on James Bond also. So I don't know if you knew that, but uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, so shit like that. But like, it's not enough to like break the movie for me or to, enough to like break the character of Marion for me. But just little things like that that kind of stuck out to me on my most recent rewatch. Yeah, it's interesting because and I can I'll revisit these thoughts when we talk about King of the Crystal Skull, but. In just Raiders, Marion Ravenwood is great. Yeah. And I would almost say that she's like I'm I'm about to I'm about to commit heresy here. Bear with me. I feel like she's almost like a better Princess Leia. No, that's and, fair. And another way to put it is that she's like the best Bond girl who's not in Bond. <laughs> yeah. Like she's got like the the spunk. Right, because the the way they introduce her is really cool, where she outdrinks the guy, and you know she's running yeah, like, her own bar. She's, you could, she's resourceful, yeah. Right, she's like generally just kind of like a a a, a firecracker kind of character. Right, but she's a lot more human than Leia is. In theory, yeah, Leia's trilogy. very like stoic. I guess. Well, let me put it this way: Leia was written by George Lucas. Yeah, <laughs> and Marion was written by Steven Spielberg. That's, that is so, the key difference. Yeah. There's the, that's sort of the reason that I say like she's almost like a better Leia. Is that she's like yeah, yeah. she's clearly trying to uh, fit the same archetype, but she's just kind of more believable or more of a a human character on screen. Yeah, um, but. I will spoiler alert. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull somewhat changes my opinion of Marion Ravenwood in hindsight. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've only seen bits and pieces of it, but the only things I remember of seeing her in it is like basically just her getting tied up and needing to be rescued all the time, which I know that happens a little bit in Raiders, but like I said, she's still also very resourceful in Raiders. Like she, uh, like she still helps out, like you know, throughout the movie, like with either fighting or just like things like that. Or like when she, again, they do the callback to the out drinking thing when she's interacting with the French guy, Belloc, Belloc, yep. whatever his name is. Yep. <laughs> Belouche, they call him at Belouche, one point. Yep. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah. So overall, I do uh, think that uh, uh, she is a pretty solid uh, character and love interest. And I don't really think that's a hot take what you just said about her being, more a better layout well actually i guess for crazy star wars nerds that would be a hot take <laughs> well here's my other hot take the indiana jones trilogy is better than star wars there you go so with that i said, i what... don't disagree there either to be honest with you even though i'm a bigger star wars fan upon re-watching these movies and really like reflecting on them i honestly don't think i disagree H- holy crap they blow them out of the water with that said 
I know <laughs> I already did the argues that it, I know we normally alternate, but we're not alternating this time because I have the, the segue. Are you cynical about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Dumb? Doom. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's the thing about Temple of Doom. Um, you you definitely cannot take it seriously at all. That could be said about all the Indiana movies, but yes. th- that especially applies to Temple of Doom. And we did just talk about Marion being a pretty solid love interest and a pretty solid character, and that does not apply at all to fucking Willie in uh, Temple of Doom. <laughs> I think I heard a rumor once that like Steven Spielberg was boning that chick at the time, and that's the only reason she's in the movie. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'll have to read more into that. Was it his girlfriend at the time? I I, I don't know. I just watched the movie, man. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> And, well, I'm just trying to rationalize, like, how the fuck did she end up in that movie? But uh... I think they were trying to go more. This is my hypothesis. Uh, I think they were trying to emulate Roger Moore Bond. And Roger Moore has a lot of, like, goofy Bond women. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah. Uh, so the thing about Temple of Doom is that, uh, yeah, it's definitely the most B-movie-ish out of all of them. And, you know, you got Willie there. But um, I will say two things in its defense. Number one, I, I respect the fact that they didn't just try to do Raiders again. Exactly, yep. And number two, we were talking about pacing issues with Raiders and Temple of Doom for all of its problems, like all of its ridiculousness, and it has like a more ridiculous plot and everything. It Pacing-wise, I think it flows a little better than Raiders. Like I would agree with that, yep. naturally flows into the next a little more. So things like that, you know, I kind of like the sort of in media res feel of it all. Again, it applies to all three of them, but especially Temple of Doom, because it sure technically it's a prequel, but you don't it, that's not important. It could also work as a sequel. Um, I like how, you know, Indy and Short Round are just together right from the beginning of the movie. And it's like not even explained why is he hanging out with this little kid? <laughs> and yeah. like at, at one point they're lost in the jungle and like Willie is freaking out and Indy and Short Round are just fucking playing cards like they don't even give a shit. Because yep. it gives you that feeling of like these two guys have been through this shit so many times. that they Yeah, just, they don't care. Yep. Yeah, this yeah. So uh, little bits and pieces that, like that I, I'm into, but it's just overall, like, uh, I don't know, the feel of it, like, I, I don't know. It's it's very edgelordy, which kind of makes sense, because I know that Spielberg and Lucas both went through bad divorces right before they made that movie. And some people speculate that that has something to do with how, like, edgy it feels. Mm, interesting. And probably another reason why Willie is such a shitty ridden character, if I had to guess. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Is uh I've I've watched so like I saw Temple of Doom like as like a kid, like renting it on video. And I remember all I ever remembered from it was like the scene where the guy rips out the guy's heart. And... Which uh, that scene always confuses me because he rips out his heart, but then the guy is still alive and doesn't have any like open wound or anything. Like I get it, dark magic, whatever. But it... yeah, so... there's actually even a scene where like the wound closes again. Oh, must have missed that. Okay, nice I, job, I... Henry. And, uh... then, and then they don't they don't rip out Willie's heart when they do the sacrificial thing with her. But whatever. Uh, well. Yeah, that is a little weird. Like, uh, Mola starts to do it, or, like, reaches for it, and then is like, no. Yeah. And, like, has Indiana Jones do it, which is almost, like, weird, because you would think that the normal trope would be the protagonist would go, no, I'll do it, as, like, a ruse. 
yeah to save her but he's actually like indiana jones is legitimately still under mind control yeah, at that yeah he's point. possessed he's still so possessed it's very weird and he anyway. slaps short round across the face yeah horrible um yeah. uh yeah i think i basically agree with um with everything that you say but um so yeah, after a kid, after being a kid, seeing it and only remembering that heart rip out scene, all I ever remembered was people were like, "Temple of Doom sucks." And then a few years ago, I watched it like through for at least the first time that I could remember, and I went, "It's just okay. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's not the worst movie ever." Um... And then I rewatched it uh, two days ago, and I went, "Yeah, it's actually like I don't know. I had fun with it." Um, there's there's, I think there, there are three things that I would probably like adjust to make it better, and that is I would make the opening sequence shorter. It's yeah. a little bit too long. It's yeah. like twenty minutes. It's way too long. Yeah. Then I would make the um, the battle in the mines shorter because it's also way too long. It's like thirty minutes, hmm. and then. Uh, I guess actually you could kind of say four things, but one of them is very small. I would try to make the scene where uh, uh, like Indiana Jones and Willie Scott, whatever, Willie, what her name is, I think, Willie are like daring each other to have sex with each other. I would make that scene a little bit less cringy. Yeah, yeah. And then there's one other thing is at the end of the movie, um, Indiana Jones defeats Mola, Mola Ram by like chanting some sort of like prayer. Oh, in yeah, Hindu that was weird. That yeah. that ignites the stone. Stone makes the stone on fire and falls out of the bag. Yeah, and, then... and there's no setup to that. Yeah, like, there's no that really reason that Indiana Jones knows that incantation. So I would just put in a setup earlier where Indiana Jones like learns that incantation. Yeah, and then I mean, I think it. I always rid, ridden that off in my head that he's just really smart and has studied a whole bunch of shit over the years that he just had that in the back of his mind and kind of pulled it out or recalled it like right at the right moment when he needed to. But you're right, some setup for that would have been good because kind of going back to Raiders, Raiders has brilliant setup where you get that uh, scene near the beginning of the movie uh, after like the cold opening where he teaches his college class and then he talks to the two u.s government agents or whatever they are right and then they uh they're basically the vessel of the audience and through them we basically learn everything we need to for the plot yeah and there isn't really as much of that in temple of doom yeah so those four things are basically the only things that i would change and i think that it would make the movie flow a lot better it would shorten the movie a little bit but that's okay um and yeah, I don't know. I, this is a rare instance in which, like, normally people like hate child characters and things. I don't I hate think, short round. I think short round is outstanding. I think yeah, short I think round is fine. one of the probably the best, like, child insertion of a character into an established thing, probably ever. Yeah, I'll take I'll take him over Wesley Crusher or Little Anakin from Phantom Menace or any of that shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like short round is like they give a little bit of his backstory where it's like his parents died in the Japanese bombing of Shanghai and 
he's like been growing up on the streets since he was four or whatever. And Indy ran into him at some point and they became buddies. Mm. And I. Oh, did. Oh, must have missed that. <laughs> like I said, Temple of Doom, I only rewatched bits and pieces of it. So. Uh, so. I don't know, Henry. I don't think you rewatched this movie. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, I just no, rewatched like joking, little joking, chunks I'm of joking. it. Yeah, I'm yeah. joking. But, uh, uh, how could you miss the short round lore? <laughs> but um, no, so they give him a little bit of backstory, and I like that. It's like a throwaway line or two. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I feel like his character kind of like perfectly behaves in line with that. Like he has like some level of experience with these things, and is like kind of quote unquote like hardened. Like he does some smart stuff, but whenever he does a stupid thing and it backfires on him, he, like, kind of reverts to being a kid, which I feel like is a very accurate, like, fun portrayal of that kind of character. Hmm. Um, So, I don't know. Normally, like, normally when they do, like, a character like that, yeah, like, they end up like Anakin. Like, yippee! Let's do spins! Like, they're, like, always acting, like, like a, a six-year-old yeah yeah where short round like he acts like a kid but he also like acts like he's got a job to do when he needs to do something and i think right. that's kind of like i don't know i, I leave like when he's driving the car in the beginning and shit it's yeah, yeah like yeah i leave the movie going like short round was on top of that shit like yeah like he fights <laughs> or one... where he frees himself from the shackles and everything like that he frees and... himself from the shackles like he kind of like starts a little workers revolution, revolution like with the got... other kids yeah he identifies the one person who's like using like voodoo on on um on, on indie. indie and like fights him and stops yeah. him like he's, he's really helpful actually yeah but there's also funny scenes with him where like He's like, the bridge is very strong. Don't worry. And he like starts to go across and it breaks. And he's like, oh crap. Like it's like it's yeah. like actually, I don't know, he's a pretty funny character. Or earlier when uh before the awkward like sex teasing sequence, uh Harrison Ford's like, I'm gonna go check on Willie, and then Short Run's like, that better be all you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Short Run's like weirdly awesome. I don't know. Like yeah. if you told me in the sequel well, the sequel in the prequel, in the next movie they're going to give indiana jones a kid sidekick i would like roll my eyes but yeah. short round is like perfect i don't know yeah um he matches the he matches the genre really well uh it's very funny too because compare him to mutt in in, in king of the crystal skull and short round is way more of like what you would imagine in a mini indiana jones like the up-and-coming yeah. indiana jones is yeah obviously there's an age difference and whatnot right. because harrison ford's older and uh, a teenager Child or older whatever and whatnot but short round like matches way better i agree yeah better chemistry too uh the other thing i was gonna say about temple of doom is that uh so i like the comparing it to raiders like i love raiders as a climax scene where they actually open the lost ark and all that crazy shit happens and like faces are melting and all that and then mm-hmm. Temple of Doom, there's the sequence leading up to the climax where it's like the chase scene and the mine rails and stuff. I really like that. But then the actual climax itself is really what you were talking about where he says the chant yeah. and, and the, fire, the stone sets on fire on the bridge or whatever is really like anticlimactic and nowhere near as exciting, at least for me. But Yeah, the, when, I, when I said um, earlier that I would shorten the mine battle, 
I would like keep the minecart stuff, but shorten yeah. all the stuff before that. Before I think I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, because like there's a little like bit the up- too much um Ewok with the uprising syndrome. shit with yeah. little kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, the minecart thing is like very engaging. But yeah. it's weird because it's sandwiched between kind of like too goofy of a scene and yeah. too boring. Boring of a scene. Of a scene. Yeah. yeah. Um and then I guess there's a couple of other points that I kind of riffing off of what you said. Uh, okay, so let me be clear before I say any of this that Willie sucks. However, <laughs> I'm going to attempt to defend Willie. And I'm going to defend Willie, Your Honor, <laughs> by <laughs> saying this. The three love interests in the original the trilogy of Indiana Jones movies. Yeah are actually, like, pretty well-balanced in that you have Marion Ravenwood, who's like the adventurer side of Indy without the college side. Mm. You have Elsa, who's like the college, college side, side. side without the adventurer side. And then you have Willie, who is literally oil meets water. Like, she's neither. Like, she's, she's the yeah. complete opposite. And so you... Obviously, you don't have the context of Elsa if you're watching them in their release order, uh, you don't yet have the context of Elsa, but in retrospect, Willie actually works pretty well. I, yeah, yeah. She's still written terribly. Yeah. But the idea of her character as like a person who is not polar opposite in all ways. Yeah. 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 The opposite of both of his like, sides and stuff like that yeah because of that whole oil yeah yeah you're right on paper it works but just something about the acting and or something you know it's just off there. Uh, yeah i think it's mostly writing i would guess but because there's a lot of like goofy weird stuff in it yeah but oh my god i broke a nail you know like yeah, exactly like, like you know, poor you. poor yeah. actress actually had to deliver that line yeah yeah I, I yeah you're right i probably should be blading the writing more than the acting yeah henry back case. off man yeah <laughs> Uh, but uh, but uh, oh, also, you could actually phrase what I said this way too. Is like, uh, Marion is the the appropriate match for his adventurer side. Elsa is the appropriate match for his professor side. And then, like, I guess this is a weird way to say it, but like, Willie is kind of like the appropriate match for his James Bond side. Yeah, like kind yeah. of the extravagant, like, like. Uh, trophy sidekick. I don't know. That's a good. Yeah, that is a good point. I mean, James Bond love interests in general haven't really aged well, but I guess that that is probably the closest thing I could say. You know, in yep. terms of like justifying Willie as a character. Yeah. Yeah. To so, yeah. To a limited extent, that is that is the that is the full extent to which I am willing to defend Willie. There are some good moments between her and Indiana Jones, um, but. By and large, she's pretty weak mm-hmm. and pretty uh, off-putting from the movie. I would say. Mm-hmm. But like, you're I right. Like a, few where, good, um, a few good moments, like little glimpses. Sure, I I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, like I like the. I basically like all of her interactions with them when they're like in that room that's like a trap and they're gonna get crushed. Oh yeah. And she has to save them. When yeah, the spikes are coming them, or like, whatever. It's, it's like she's like upset about like the the reaching into the bug cave. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Indiana's and Indiana's just like, we're just, going just do it. To die. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, I'll give you that. Sure. Uh, as far as uh, anything else I could say, either positive or negative about Temple, uh, I like, I mean, like I said, it's too edgy, but I like the idea behind, like, let's make it a little darker. Again, just to kind of like differentiate itself from Raiders. I could see what they were going for there. Most of the things I could say about Temple of Doom are just like good idea, weird execution. Like in su- to summarize every aspect of it, really. But... Yeah, I think I can kind of agree with it. See, I don't really find it. I don't know if edgy is really the word that I would use, but I, I see what you mean. Uh... I mean, they eat freaking eyeballs and like brains and shit at one point. <laughs> You know, I guess like little yeah, things like that. I don't but, know yeah. if I would call that like edgy, but That's I, I see what you're saying. Like, I, I kind of. So I think this kind of goes back to my my generally positive opinion of Temple Doom kind of goes back to something that you said at the very beginning, which was they didn't try to just do Raiders again. Yeah, it's like I kind of like how this whole adventure like doesn't start the same way with him being like commissioned at the museum. He basically like gets forced into it. I kind of like that. That feels like a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. I like how it's like kind of this like localized conflict as opposed to this like globe trotting sort of thing. That oh, that is another thing that I forgot to say. Yeah, I do like that they took a break from the Nazis uh, for that movie because yeah, I guess it's yeah, technically set before the Nazis existed. Or oh, like, no, not at all. I mean, it's set in 1935. It's only like a year earlier than. Oh, okay. I didn't know how much further back it's supposed to be, but yeah, like yeah. um, at the very beginning, it says like Shanghai, 1935. Oh, right. Yeah, during yeah. the crazy dance sequence when it, it looks like something out of like one of those, uh, like, I don't know what kind of movie I'm thinking of, like Chicago or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, and also, I guess maybe this is why I don't really mind the like weird up, like, let's up the gore thing is that, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the perfect difference between the Raiders and the Last Crusade as well, in that in Raiders and the Last Crusade, basically all of the supernatural stuff shows up at the very end. Yeah. And is like the payoff, whereas it's like sprinkled in to Temple of Doom. Like you see the supernatural stuff occur throughout. And I kind of like that. Like it, That's a good point. It makes it feel like it kind of helps with the pacing differential and it makes it feel like he's way more like sucked into this and trapped there as opposed to seeking something. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I kind of just like the whole like weird, creepy death cult that's trying to overthrow the British Raj sort of thing. I think that's a cool plot. As, as yeah. you said earlier, it's like great ideas, but weird execution. I think I would agree right. with that. I think I agree with that summary. Right. Like the, when the guy explains his motive, I'm like, dang, that's kind of cool. Like, it's like in the in the early, like, 1800s or 1700s when the English arrived in India and, like, overthrew and set up colonial governments. These guys were on top but were taken out of it. And they're, like, setting up this, like, little secret death cult to try to regain power. I, think, I don't know. I think that's kind of, like, a cool plot. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it's like a good is. mix of like history and I was about to say like integrating and... like real world stuff with like cool like what if scenarios and stuff. Yeah, and it doesn't entirely like I always like how there's like a little bit of a mix of with like 
the Nazis and whatnot. There's like real world politics is like with the thuggies. Like there's a little hint of that real world politics that like right. it feels like Indiana Jones's actions are relevant at kind of like that global or national scale, even though that's not really the scale of things he cares about. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like always it, like it adds that little like hint of stakes. But I agree with it that it's it's great that they departed from the Nazis. Like the Nazis aren't even like mentioned in, right. in uh, Temple of Doom. So I don't know. It's like Temple of Doom. I feel like is very overhated. I think that they kind of like perfect. I would agree with that. Yeah. I don't know. Perfectly is the right word, but like they recreated a lot of the good elements of Indiana Jones, well, of Raiders, without just repeating Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my opinion. I'm a big Temple of Doom fan. I guess. I like relative it. To other just, but, relative but I, to other people, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yeah, yeah, I like it. I just don't like it as much as the other two in the class, which I guess is the same with you because you did say that Raiders and Crusade are tied for your top, right? Basically, yeah. I mean, I kind of go yeah. back and forth. I think I'm solidly now in the Crusade group, but because of the weird pacing stuff, but yeah. In in Raiders, yeah, yeah, that's fair. I guess I'm more forgiving of the weird pacing in Raiders just because I like I had. A tune, I write it off as like just another love letter thing to like old adventure stuff like what we were talking about earlier old serials or whatever we're supposed to call them but I will agree that Crusade is a very very close second for me there was a time where I think I liked Crusade better actually so and that and it's possible that I might end up liking it better again down the road for all I know it's uh I guess at this point we're segueing to Crusade <laughs> uh, there you go I was wondering if you were going to pick up the perfect segue go ahead <laughs> are you uh, yeah let's start with you. are you cynical about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade I already know the answer is no but yeah no it's it's my favorite one um yeah. I think that it is basically tied with Raiders I personally find uh Elsa to be a more enjoyable character than Marion Ravenwood um I think that the interaction, the chemistry between uh, Sean Connery and uh, uh, Harrison Ford is outstanding. Yeah, I think that those guys. Oh, those guys on camp. Th- those guys just own that stuff. It's so like both of them are so good, but neither overshadows the other. It's, yeah, it's it, it's legendary. Um, and yeah, it basically like it's a it's weird. It's like. Temple of Doom kind of has to crawl a little bit and make some mistakes so that the Last Crusade can run, yeah, and, and go back to the Raiders formula. That's and at true. Least in my opinion, kind of like modernize it a little more, yeah, perfectly it... recreate it and like modernize it a little bit more, and in a couple of small places improve on it a little bit. Um, at least in my mind, and yeah, I don't know. I think that. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is basically like the it's it's weird and you know here here's here I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to my controversial statement of Indiana Jones's trilogy being better than Star Wars this is this is why all three movies can be watched and enjoyed without the context of the others yeah but they also are this weird thing where they also synergize perfectly. Yeah. Where it's like, if you watch Raiders, you shouldn't just watch The Last Crusade because it's considered good, because then you'll just be watching the same kind of movie twice in a row. You should watch Temple of Doom because it's like a break. It's like a recreation and a differentiation of the formula. Mm -hmm. And then you should go back to The Last Crusade. 
it's like this weird perfect trilogy where all three movies are detached but they also create a trilogy that's very well balanced well they do say that that's kind of yeah yeah like uh thesis antithesis and synthesis i suppose well well not really (laughs) no actually yeah you're right i'm off there because then that would almost imply that crusade it borrows stuff from temple to doom which it really doesn't but it but you are right that it does work in that like full circle way of like okay we did the weird shit and now we're coming back to the traditional shit though i would say though that um one thing that makes crusade unique from raiders is the family dynamic which is you know like with the whole bringing in sean connery as his dad and exploring that whole angle yep i would almost say that that allows it to kind of stand on its own enough where it i definitely agree that watching temple of doom in the middle like you're supposed to helps to make crusade feel like a breath of fresh air again but i feel like the family dynamics stuff was almost enough that you could watch raiders and crusade back to back and still feel like you're getting a fresh experience from crusade but maybe that's just me uh yeah but i think that the big problem is that you run into the like think about it a little bit more where it's like you run into the problem where it's indiana jones competing against the nazis yeah, to find nazis to again. find ancient christian Chin- artifacts right like, it's like, that is true eh, i don't know I agree with you. I see where you're going with it. And also, like, the chemistry of Sean Connery and Harrison Ford is outstanding. But I really do think, like, if somebody is going to watch these movies, like, back to back to back or back to back, I feel like you should probably go back to back to back instead of just back to back if that makes sense yeah, like no, you should watch all saying. three instead of two yeah right? oh don't so, get me wrong like i 99 percent, 99.9 agree with you i'm just also like i guess being a contrarian and just offering that one other way of looking at it just to like add to the conversation but well 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 if we don't have a little contrarian indiana jones <laughs> and the contrarian's opinion <laughs> no i i see your point it's, yeah, it's yeah. um there there is a lot of merit behind the uh the Sean Connery, Harrison Ford, father-son thing. I mean, yeah. it is so well done. Yeah. Uh, I used to think that it wasn't as well done. Because I, as I think you said earlier, like, daddy issues. I used to interpret it that way. I don't anymore. I well, I said that more I think jokingly. That it's perfect. But... Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's basically perfectly done. Yeah, yeah. And I would say that I like that the family stuff for the longest time, because what it came out in 89 and then King of the Crystal Skull came out in 2008 or whatever for the longest time, they like introduced the family dynamic thing. And then they just went, yeah, well we're done for now. Whereas star Wars has become all about family, the Skywalker family. Don't you want to know how this person is related to family? (laughs) And this person, did you know that this person is secretly a Palpatine? Did you know that this person is secretly Qui-Gon Jinn's second cousin? Did you know that this person is secretly Obi-Wan's mom? Did you know, <laughs> like, no, I, I didn't, I didn't know that. And I also didn't want to know that. Whereas, I, in I India, think I they're know. finally moving away from that now, but <laughs> I don't know. But uh, what were you going to say about Indy? Whereas Indiana Jones, they introduce it in the third movie and they also kind of wrap it up in the third movie and then note that kingdom of the crystal skull continues it and also dial of destiny might be continuing it in some way and i feel like it kind of falls flat in those ones 
Well, in, in Dial of Destiny, she's his goddaughter, so it's really more like family, not in the literal sense, but in the like, uh, I don't know what to call it, figurative spiritual, sense. Spiritual, like yeah. spiritual sense. Yeah, yeah, that is promising. I more mean that it falls flat in Kingdom, because I, yeah. I can't judge Dial of Destiny yet. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it falls flat in Kingdom. And it's like, maybe the family dynamic, maybe Indiana Jones shouldn't be Star Wars, where it's quote-unquote about family. Yeah, <laughs> I think I would agree. Yeah, but and th- well, that's a good segue into Kingdom. But I did want to talk about Crusade for a little bit more. Oh no, um, go ahead. I mean, I would love to talk about Crusade all day. Yeah, <laughs> I really do love the whole final sequence and uh, uh, where they filmed it in uh, the deserts of Jordan. I think where they uh, where he finds the Grail and like goes into the cave and has to do all the booby trap stuff and everything like that. But then him uh, and his dad and uh, everybody else that he's with riding off into the sunset. I know that, like... Oh, yeah, that's a great scene. Yeah, it's something about it, like, really moves me emotionally, that last shot, that I almost kind of wish this all just ended there, which it did for a long-ass time. Because, like, even the indie doesn't need to be a trilogy because of what you said. Each movie is standalone. It's really more like an anthology type of thing. But just ending it there just feels right. You know what I mean? With that being the last shot ever of Indiana Jones, him and his dad riding off into the sunset. Very Western, very, like mythic i don't know how to explain it really i agree and also um it's cool how they got it to be that it's like indiana jones his dad who they boldly introduced in that movie right and then it's marcus the museum guy and yeah sala like his agent in the field buddy and like all four of those dudes just feel like the perfect like team right in that moment like it just it feels like you're watching like the four gunslingers of the west ride off into the sunset to like untold adventures like yeah I know, right. I agree. It's, it's absolutely outstanding there's not a single character there where you go like eh, fuck why that is guy there? yeah <laughs> <laughs> like and it's great because they like differentiate like uh like they have all four of those characters kind of interact with each other at at least one moment in the movie like Sala and Marcus are together. And, like, yeah, Marcus they have a whole captured. Sequence. They have that like goofy scene, and then uh, Sean and uh, Marcus are like the the nerdy uh, uh, non adventurer guys. Mm-hmm. Like they buddy buddy about that. Obviously, you know the relationship with Indiana Jones and all of them. Like it's very. I guess you don't see a ton of Sala and uh, uh, the father, but I mean, I think that there's a couple of scenes where uh, where like Sala is is like clearly on board with um like the primary focus is like rescuing his dad and whatnot in certain situations so it's like a nice little a nice little bonding thing like he's clearly uh he's like indiana jones's best friend sort of thing so he's like right there with him so uh yeah i don't know it's like that that it's weird because when you think of indiana jones you don't think of like some weird ensemble cast but like those four guys riding off, you're like, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. The ensemble cast of Indiana Jones. Like it's very random, but it's very good. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else about Last Crusade. I'm trying to think if there's any bad things about I I guess the whole dynamic with like how him and his dad boned the same chick is a little weird, but Yeah, that is a tiny bit awkward when they bring it up. But what's also weird is because I just rewatched it uh, yesterday, I thought that that like running joke was way more prominent. It's like there's like two lines about it, and I was like, okay, I'm okay with that. Like it's a weird joke. 
It's kind of strange. But there's also only like two lines about it. So that's I fair. Can, I can tolerate it. There's like one when they're like uh, when the place is burning down, when they're tied up or whatever. And then there's one later. I forget, but uh, where it is. But yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I like I like uh, Schneider. I think she's a cool character. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if if that joke was done with Willie, I would be like, this sucks. <laughs> because it's but, but because it's done with Schneider, I'm like, eh, you got Yeah, miss. she's cool enough. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, a few things I want to say also. One good thing and one bad thing, or actually a couple good things. Uh, I do like the twist with Schneider being, you know, uh, one of the villains and stuff. Even though I saw it coming from a mile away, I still just liked it. I thought that was like a cool change of pace of things. Uh, <laughs> Harrison Ford doing an Irish accent or whatever at one point was funny. Oh, yeah, I don't know funny. if it was good, but it was funny. That, that That is one thing I will say. Like Growing up, I was more of a Star Wars guy and I only watched the indie movies a little bit later. So like, I always thought Harrison Ford was this guy who just always basically played himself and just phoned things in. But in indie, he actually is like fucking trying and like, you know, shows his range and like does different things. You can tell he really cares about the character a lot more than he ever cared about fucking Han Solo. <laughs> yep. Which is another reason that Indiana Jones is better than Star Wars. Yep. Yeah. Um, also, so hold like... on. I would just like to make a quick point. He's pretending to be Scottish. Not Irish. Come on. Okay, my bad. I, I had a feeling I fucked that up when I said well, that. Well, also, I, you can kind of think of it because it's like it's kind of a joke about Sean Connery, I think. Oh, is that what the point of that was? Yeah, I think that's kind of like the It's like he's pretending to be Scottish because his dad is mysteriously Scottish. Yeah, I never know? thought about that. But yeah, yeah that makes but there's also um, there's also just a line that like he he like the, the German guy that he talks to is like, you are no Scottish lord or whatever, So yeah but yeah oh yeah that's right but you know now that you say that it'd be funny if like while they were filming that scene of sean connery was behind the camera like shaking his head like this motherfucker like i I think i wouldn't be surprised if he was because like harrison ford is like kind of breaking characters he's like really grinning yeah 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 he's going way over the top with connery was sitting behind the camera like cracking up yeah exactly <laughs> but it now that you mention it though it is weird how like in the early bond movies oh and by the way since indies i'd never realized this but since indies partially based on james bond maybe that's why they had connery playing his dad probably yeah but um in the early bond movies connery is actually doing a british accent and he's like fucking trying and then yeah. as that's here by the time he gets to diamonds are forever it felt like he just stopped giving a shit and then it never to say never again he really stopped giving a shit but yeah i kind of i kind of love that about sean connery bond is like did, he's basically like two different characters yeah when he comes back after lazenby like those i know never say never again is technically unofficial or whatever but yeah, yeah you know he, like he's you just can. scott like it's like he's James Bond and he's played by the same actor but he's a different Bond like he's a Scottish Bond. Yeah, it's like know. a it's weird kind of... alternate universe version <laughs> of Thunderball. It's it's so bizarre. I, I know we're getting off topic here but um yeah. uh but yeah, it's like he, uh, Connery just forgot to how to do a British accent, I guess. But uh, yeah, I think he probably just didn't care, right? Yeah, I guess so. He probably thought he was done with that franchise. I guess so. Got kind of like semi roped back into it. Yeah, in a sense, yeah. Also, um, about that that scene where he's pretending to be Scottish. Uh, another reason that I I wouldn't be surprised if you're right that like Sean Connery was behind the camera is it's not just that Indiana Jones is grinning, but uh, the actress for Schneider is like smile like smirking. Yeah. So like 
I wouldn't be surprised if that was like a fun, goofy scene where Sean yeah. Connery was on set and Harrison Ford was kind of making fun of him. <laughs> Probably. It's the yeah. only time I've ever seen Harrison Ford do anything like that. I don't think he's ever done. Like, he different... seemed like really into it. Yeah. Which is hilarious. It's kind of a shame. Part That part makes me wish sometimes that maybe there should have been more Indiana Jones movies if it meant he would have like acted more like throughout the oh, 90s, nice. like instead of just playing himself, you know? Yeah. So yeah. what was the, um, the, because I actually have one slightly bad thing too but what was, what was your bad thing because i think you haven't said your bad yeah thing. oh yeah my one bad thing is the sequence when they're in the library and like they uh, they have to like crack that code and it turns out like the answer is really like on the floor and all you have to do is just go up the stairs and like look at the floor and you see like i don't know i was thinking like nobody figured that out like it, it, in the like hundreds of years that the grail has been hidden or whatever like nobody figured that out that's really obvious like something about it like i was just like come on even a kid could do that but it, it, i mean it's okay i still like that it was like the answer was like hidden within the library itself not just hidden within like a book in the library i it's another one of those i like the idea but something about the execution was a little iffy to me minor nitpick but it was just something that kind of like stuck in my head but what, what yeah was i kind of see what you mean the, i guess the one thing because it is a little weird because it is a little bit too easy it, maybe he should like should have had to like do something to reveal the x yeah like that the, uh the one thing that i will say that kind of makes that that scene of uh one of the reasons that I do kind of overlook that, even though it's a good point, is uh, I like how in earlier in the movie he says, like, an X never marks the spot, and then he sees the X and he's like, I guess X marks the spot. Oh, yeah, that is that was good setup. It's payoff. like a nice little joke or payoff. Yeah. Um, but I think the one, and like you, it's a nitpick. Um, there's at the end when he's doing like the little challenges or whatever. Yeah. Um, cave. Or, yeah. To the get the... Fir- the first one, the, the breath of God where it's like a, a pious man will pass or whatever. A, a penitent man, I think. And the, the solution is like you duck. It's like nobody tried ducking under the saw blades. And yeah. then two, a saw blade also comes up from the ground. So ducking would get you killed. Yeah, that's a good. So point. that isn't the solution. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, <laughs> the other I... two puzzles are great, so I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me though. Um, I, I, Crusade is the one that I haven't seen in a while. Uh, like I said, I saw it like a few months ago. Uh, but my memory is a little hazy on this one part. When he actually finds the Grail, like he gets the room where there's all the the, the cops and like one of them is the Grail and everything like that, and yep. he meets the 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 Grail Knight, like the Eternal Immortal Knight of the round table or whatever. Yeah, that dude. Did that guy speak English or did he speak like ancient English? Like you're for stole kind of, I don't remember. Cause like realistically he would be speaking like, did he even speak at all? Uh, he speaks, he speaks normal English. Yeah. Okay. I'll just write that off as like magic mumbo jumbo. Indy is somehow able to understand him. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. The thing is right. Like, Indiana Jones is a guy who it's like he clearly knows all these weird dialects. So they mm-hmm. probably could have gone with it being him like saying like you could always do and like Indiana would be like he's saying this right now. Yeah, yeah. I think that probably the reason and you would believe it like you'd be like okay Indiana Jones knows old English. Right. I think probably the reason that they didn't go with it is that he, that guy has some banger lines. And yeah, you true. probably and... want those to not be subtitled like he chose poorly like that's such a right. good line. 
but you don't really and, like you are subtitled. an eternal night like when he kind of knights indeed that's really cool you know and uh, yeah so you don't really want that to be subtitled yeah that's a good point that that actually is a good point like Probably sometimes more of a technical reason than than like a overlooking thing or cause... like artistic license like that yeah, yeah kind of that, yeah. that sort of thing that's how right. i because i hadn't even really thought about it but as soon as you brought it up i was like well you really do want the line like he chose poorly to be yeah. like, said <laughs> and understood more it's more powerful that way yeah like yeah. more emotional power like that yeah. I can't. I can't even imagine watching these movies like not in English sometimes with like yeah. the 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 great lines. Also, Henry, this should be your favorite movie because they go to Portugal. Oh yeah, <laughs> the hell, man. <laughs> but no, yeah. Uh, I, I yeah. I I think that. I think that uh, I got all my nitpicks out of the way. It sounds like you got your nitpicks out of the way. I think so. Yeah. Oh, the All three of the 80s movies are really solid. Even though it's not, like I said, it's not a trilogy like in the traditional sense, like in the literal sense of it being three movies. Yeah, it's like one of the best trilogies of all time. Uh, I, yeah, I would probably say it's the best. It, like, it might be the best. I was also going to say Lord of the Rings, but it depends if you count Lord of the Rings as one big story or not. Oh, that's a good point. I'll I'll give it to Lord of the Rings, despite yeah. its weird technicality. Uh, Lord of the Rings is probably the best. And then the, yeah. you got Mad Max, though. I guess Beyond Thunder nah. is kind of weird. Nah, nah, yeah, yeah, not yeah. Mad Max, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't think of any other. There's always like one movie that's off in, in every other trilogy. Yeah, and like I feel like people treat oh. Temple of Doom as if it's the movie that's off, but I really don't think it's as off as people think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, what, what was I going to say? Toy Story comes close. The third one is n- not quite as good as the first two, but th- I would say that one comes close. I think I've seen Toy Story 2, but I really only remember Toy Story 1, and I haven't seen 3 or 4, and I'm going to keep it that way because That's I'm fair. awesome. Don't, don't watch 4. You can watch 3. <laughs> uh, I thought 4 was a waste of time. <laughs> the, the problem with 3 is that it just repeats a lot, uh, not a lot, but a few of the things that were already covered in 2. You know what I mean? With a slightly different angle, but still, sometimes it feels like you're just watching movie two again. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. That's the only reason why it's like a step down from the other two. But um, but yeah, no, I would say maybe Indy and Lord of the Rings, I, I'd say, are the most solid trilogies, if you even want to count them trilogies. Because like I said, Indy's more of an anthology, and Lord of the Rings is really just one big story. So if, if we're talking like a trilogy in the traditional sense, this is why I always say that it's a, it's an outdated and flawed like structure you know what i mean an overrated structure you know like the what i was saying before about incorrectly referring to this series as thesis antithesis and, th- and synthesis that's really like that applies more to star wars than this and it's just like i feel like a slightly off way of looking at storytelling but i digress yeah no i think i agree with your points there it's it's weird almost in that like i feel like indiana jones ends up like inadvertently doing some of the things that a trilogy should do by not being a trilogy like um uh what i was saying earlier where it's like weirdly the temple of doom actually kind of like perfectly breaks up the Mm -hmm. raiders and crusade it's weird how like the movies subtly influence each other and like help each other without being directly related to each other it's it's very fascinating in that regard it's a good Um, way to word it yeah uh so like it's in theory i always feel like a trilogy it's like the movies should work in tandem and Mm -hmm. 
a lot of trilogies that are designed to be trilogies end up like self-sabotaging yeah um so yeah i no, i would i would totally agree uh i i have been i have been jones pilled um <laughs> uh upon rewatching these movies i'm 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 uh i already put down my star wars card long ago but now mm. i am going to anytime somebody brings up star wars to me i'm gonna say what about indiana jones what yeah, do you say that... <laughs> i want to talk about indiana jones <laughs> well what's interesting is the fact that they are they're both lucas's brainchild and everything like that so. they're all yeah and they're also uh good old harrison ford and one of them he yep. gives a shit yeah <laughs> one of them he doesn't <laughs> and yeah. uh yeah i don't know i think i'm with harrison on this yeah yeah so go ahead i feel oh, like we're segueing that's a site but did, i was going to segue poorly <laughs> but do you have a do you have a, a thing of a, a final statement you wanted to make about the nature of lucas and harrison ford and yeah Indiana actually Jones i was versus... gonna say that you know now return of the jedi makes a lot more sense to me why he, especially in that one he's phoning it in so much because by that point he already did fucking raiders and i feel like if i were in his position after doing such a great movie like raiders i wouldn't want to return of the jedi either but, yeah that's a good point because raiders is 81 so and in empire strikes back he was 80 hadn't, yeah. hadn't done it yet right right or maybe he had started filming or working on the he had been cast or whatever but um I, I actually yeah good question i don't know to be honest yeah. with you yeah. um so yeah yeah <laughs> it is a I, i'm i'm a big i remember somebody saying you know uh, i think i texted this to you is like in a world of of mark hamill's b harrison ford i'm yep. i'm with him uh indiana jo- i'm indie i'm indie pilled um yep yeah indiana jones is is where it's at so let's talk about where where indiana jones might not be at that's (laughs) kingdom of the crystal skull Now that was a good segue yeah uh i'm I'm glad that you had your point to make because it gave me a chance at redemption (laughs) um my other segue was so (laughs) uh which is not a great segue but henry uh i know you said that you've like seen it in bits and pieces and kind of cobbled it together um if you have any questions about it, I literally just watched it last okay. night, so I can help with any of that. Uh, are you cynical about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Yes, though not as much as I was when I was a kid. Because I remember like, when this movie first came out, I heard that the big reveal is that it's fucking aliens. And I was like, oh, come on, fucking aliens. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, now that you know it's been a decade and a half i've like grown to be like oh okay they wanted to do aliens fine it takes place in the 1950s it's you know a love letter to the cheesy ufo b movies of the time yep yep. you know at this point alien ufo conspiracy shit has become mythology almost in the same way that like other shit is mythology so it still kind of fits you know so yeah little things like that have grown on me you know the soviet union are the bad guys this time right yeah and that's just kind of okay but yeah okay well i like the idea of it at least so maybe it's another one of those like good idea badly executed and like the fridge nuking shit i'm sure it's ridiculous but like again a lot of ridiculous oh yeah that's just kind of like silly fun yeah a lot of ridiculous shit happened in the old movies too so that i used to hate that shit just as much as everyone else but now i'm just like eh, whatever uh the idea of him having a kid again i'm not a big shia labeouf guy i think he's a good comedic actor but that was during the time period when like Hollywood was trying to make him like the next big leading man. Right. <laughs> and that, yeah, didn't work. Ter- very dated. I like the idea of bringing Marion back, but it sounds like she doesn't get much to do or she's not really like the same as she used to be. So that's kind of a bummer, uh, but you could probably go more into that. 
Yeah. And uh, I do like the bit because I have seen the scene, though, where like he, she basically reveals to Indy that Mutt is his son because like they're they, I think they're in quicksand and she's like, his name is Henry. And he's like, oh, Henry, good name. <laughs> like he's yeah. not picking up on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that. So like bits and pieces of it, you could still tell like the heart is there. But I think the biggest problem with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull from what I've seen of it and why it still doesn't work to this day is because it um it's it's a victim of that time period of movies where and to be fair Lucas did this himself with his other franchise the one that shall not be named where like everything <laughs> became way too CGI and like way too sterile yeah, and there's cold that. like the feel is not there and I think then indie suffered from that and Spielberg even though Spielberg was the one directing I feel like Spielberg by that point was just kind of old and checked out too and just didn't give a shit and just basically was doing whatever George Lucas told him to do uh it it just has that feel to me you know what I mean like yeah I know what you mean um uh I would basically say I agree with everything that you said is like um I I think I've seen Kingdom of the Crystal Skull twice in my life. It's once I saw it like in theaters on release and I left it going like, that was not good. And then I just rewatched it yesterday and I went, um, the first half is actually pretty good. Like, it feels like an old indie movie. It's um... yeah, yeah. It's the ridiculous shit at the end, like with the the they're in the jungle and like they're swinging on the vines with monkeys. Exactly. Yeah. That, that yeah, that's when it gets too over the top I, into I, like two thousand CGI. I and... kind of hate to say it, but and it's not really like she's the problem. It's more just by like coincidence. It's where it starts. Basically, when Marion enters the movie, the movie goes downhill. Mm. Um. And again, it's not really specifically her fault because she actually has some great interactions. You brought up one with the quicksand. There's also kind of the follow-up to that where they're captured by the Russians and they're arguing in the back of a car and the Russian guy who's like there with them is like, please shut up. Like, it's like, <laughs> Which is a very Russian thing to say. <laughs> yeah, like um, it's it's really not her necessarily, though I would say that there is something off with her. I don't know. Um, it could just be that the actress was out of acting for a while. Um, but, uh, or maybe it's just like a character where it's like you see them reappear and you realize that they were better off as a one-off character. I'm not really sure. I don't know. There's, there's like a line in it where he, where she says like, I'm sure there's been other women since me or whatever. And Indiana Jones says, yeah, but they all had the same problem. They weren't you. And it's like Yeah. Eh, I feel like that's just kind of like a like a weird meta reference line. to yeah. the fact that everybody likes Raiders and yeah. she was in Raiders. Yeah. Uh I don't really feel like there's any like specific reason behind that. Um, doesn't she do some goofy smile at the I kinda remember seeing this. Scene. Yeah, she does a goofy smile. The yeah. the the Again, I don't know if this was a situation where she was like out of acting for a while. She's like very weirdly smiley in this movie in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like she kind of like traded the feistiness for like goofiness. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a good trade. Right. Um, kind of traded down there. Um, but I don't know. She still has a lot of good interactions. And I wouldn't say that like it's not that her acting is bad it's just that there's like some weird decisions and i'm not sure if it's her decisions or director decisions or writer decisions it's just there's weird decisions with the character marion at Mm -hmm. certain points um 
kind of, I hate to say it, but like kind of makes me look back at Raiders and go like, eh, Marion. But, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't, I feel like this is another one that might be weirdly overhated, but also that jungle sequence is so bad that I kind of get it. Yeah. <laughs> it like, it's a solid, like, hour of the movie. Right. Because like it, it kind of is okay again when they get to like El Dorado and it's like they're they're exploring the fact that it's like um the classic like uplifting, like the ancient aliens like uplifted the civilization and gave them technology right. and all that stuff, and they came to worship them as gods. Um there's like a cool scene where he goes into this like the 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 ritual chamber and there's all these artifacts and he says like they're from all over the world and he said like he, he makes the comment, he's like they were archaeologists like the aliens themselves were archaeologists yeah, like studying kind of humanity cool, like meta kind of thing yeah exactly so there's like okay. it's weird the movie just kind of like becomes borderline unwatchable for 45 minutes to an hour and then yeah. kind of like gets back for like 15 minutes and then there's just like a bunch of wonky cgi shit and then it's falling action yeah um with the with the flying saucer and stuff yeah that's that's the wonky cgi stuff that i'm referring to Mm -hmm. um but i don't know i expected to watch it and go like wow harrison ford is mailing it in and it's terrible surprisingly that wasn't a problem like harrison ford still seemed actually pretty engaged like, yeah, I will say, though, <laughs> um, Red Letter Media made this joke how uh, in uh, the trailer, the teaser trailer for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, there's that scene where, like, Mutt's like, I thought you were a teacher. And then he goes, part time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way he said it in the trailer was a lot better than the take they used of him in the movie. For some reason, in the take in the final movie, he's just like, part time. Like, he, he barely, he, he really phoned it in. <laughs> it's yeah. it, it's like the, the, the editor fucked up and used the wrong take or something. <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to, to make the point. I'm glad that you brought that up because I said, yeah, he, like, he doesn't phone it in, but there's also like two or three lines in the movie where like, it's almost that they took a take where he was like pissed, like at the director, or like he was upset that there were, they were doing so many takes or something because yeah, by and large, he's, he seems pretty engaged, but then there's that part-time line. And there was one other line where it, it, like I noticed is like, he did not deliver that the way he was supposed to <laughs> like yeah. look at where it was like he just kind of said something just like really but like it just sounded like like it sounded like a just a bored guy on like a bored monotone guy on the street saying it i don't know it yeah. was very weird um i think it might have been something with like mac like mac said something or like maybe it's when mac reveals that he's like a triple agent or whatever yeah um there's some line where he says, like, I think he went, like, really, Mac? Instead of, like, being, like, really, Mac? Like, it's yeah. like, really weird. I don't know. Yeah, um, like, but, the energy is missing or something, yeah. Yeah, but, like, 95% of the lines he does well, like, fine. It's oh, just, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Those weird 5%, he just doesn't care. I don't know. Right, because even though I haven't seen the entire movie, from what I've seen, for the most part, it seems like he still gave a shit. I hate to say it, though, but for the few lines where it does feel like he's low energy or folding or phoning it in, I I hate to say it, but that might just be because he's old, you know, like 
Yeah, you, go, you gotta wonder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, um, this is the thing is, I expected to rewatch, I think I actually even texted you when I said that I was going to rewatch all the Indiana Jones movies. And I think I said, I'm excited to rewatch three movies that I like and one hilariously bad movie. But what's interesting is, I kind of came away going like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull isn't hilariously bad. It just has like a kind of appropriately because uh, Indy's father is always saying this. It has like an intolerable 45 minutes in it. But other than that, it's it's fine. It's 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 adequate. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. There's a I know I say this a lot. There's a decent movie. It seems like there's a decent movie buried in there. Um, And a lot of its shortcomings are just not only because of it being a product of its time, but because when you take a break from your fucking franchise for 20 years and then come back there, you know, there's always going it's not going to go perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And even though um, I agree with you that I don't I'm I'm not a I'm not a Shia LaBeouf LaBeouf. But isn't like isn't a buff like a isn't buff a word for like a a connoisseur? So I'm not a Shia LaBeouf. Um, <laughs> You're not a Shia LaBeouf buff. <laughs> yeah, a Shia LaBeouf buff. Um, so I'm not a Shia LaBeouf buff. But what's interesting is I don't really mind Mutt, and I'm really curious how they're going to address his existence in Dial of Destiny. Yeah, I I just have a feeling he's not going to be fucking mentioned at all. And if probably is, not, it, it's just um, going to be like a quick throwaway line. Like he decided to get a job as a university professor and wanted to focus on that. You know? He's fixing like, motorcycles because that's Indiana that, Jones. Like makes fun of him. He's like, "You're going to fix motorcycles for the rest of his rest of your life." He is fixing motorcycles for the rest of his life. That's what. Uh, they could uh, do that, and then maybe Indy would accept it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, actually, I don't know. I don't um. I like that they kind of like gave Mutt a a a, a skill set that is kind of adjacent to Indiana Jones, and That's he kind of like, he yeah. shows um he shows that like kind of um, MacGyverish intelligence that Indy has, but he's not like a book history nerd. Like he's right. like a he's hands-on mechanic, kind of, you know, like yeah. more handy kind of yeah. Right, like he's like clearly smart. And he's got like a brain because they're there. They make a couple of points sometimes where he like recognizes a trap or like something like that. And right. it's like, nice job. But he doesn't like, it doesn't feel like they're, they're doing like the, Hey, this is the next Indiana Jones thing. It's kind of like, Hey, right. this is Indiana Jones's like son sidekick guy. He's kind of got a little bit of an attitude problem like Indy does. And, uh, I don't know. He's he's rides motorcycles and fixes motorcycles and swings a sword and he's generally intelligent, but he's not like book smart. Spe- yeah, he's and, not book smart and he's not like specialized intelligent. He's kind of like a jack of all trades sort of intelligent. Yeah, or I guess it also plays the idea that book. A lot of people think book smart is the only kind of smart. You know, like other yeah. kinds of intelligence are often like downplayed in society. So yeah, but, yeah. I have to say. Uh, I'm I'm sorry to keep bringing it up because I know okay. that you, I know that you said that uh, that it should be not named, and I kind of <laughs> I kind of agree. But uh, overall, I have to say, like, and I think that this is just a Spielberg thing, maybe versus a Lucas thing. So many of the characters in Indiana Jones through all four movies, and I'm I'm 
I'm crediting Kingdom of the Crystal Skull here too, but primarily the original three. Um, they just like feel like people, like, yeah, in a way that characters in Star Wars don't. Yeah, like, yeah. characters in Star Wars feel like they're like archetypes. They're, yeah, like, yeah, they're tropes that arrive to do the plot and then leave when the plot yeah. does not u- use them. And like, I don't know, it's weird. Remember way back when we were talking about all our Star Wars stuff in our Star Wars episodes? I think you were the person who, who um, you were the one who, who very succinctly said that Star Wars, the, the prequel trilogy, has like a protagonist problem. Well, all of them do, but... All of them do, all of them do yeah. yeah. Indiana Jones manages to have tons of different protagonists and never has a protagonist problem. Nah, yeah, yeah, it's much it's better. It's always clear who the focus is supposed to be on which scene and, like, what the dynamics are between them. Yeah, characters They're never don't override each other, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. it's so weird. Like, it's just... Indiana Jones is better than Star Wars. There you go. That's yeah. all it is. That's all there is to say. I'm going to go ahead and credit the people aspect to Spielberg because just from seeing all of his other movies that he's done without he's Lucas. Good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to credit him for that. And apparently, I haven't seen The Fablemans, but they say that it's like his crowning jewel and that he really pulled it off in that one too. Like with the, you know, the mom, the dad, the little kid who's based on him, they all feel like their own characters who don't like get in the way of each other. And so I've heard that uh, praise for it already. So again, I have yet to see it for myself, but I'm going to go ahead and assume that he has always been good at that and he's still good at it. And it's probably at least in his subconscious, the main reason why he makes movies in the first place. So. Yeah, no, he, he is, he has a, a talent for that. I agree. Yeah. Every movie that I've seen by him, he does a very good job of giving every character their space where like they thrive in this and you know that the focus is on them. But like, even if they're not the main character, they never steal the spotlight, but it's like you, you get exposure to them in the right amount he's just good at it yeah yeah he's just good at it (laughs) and to to your point to go back to your point earlier about short round being a good child character spielberg is genuinely good at that too because spielberg also did et which is all child actors and it just that movie like fucking works like yeah exactly i think it's because he treats he doesn't treat his kid actors like kids i think he like he just treats them like fucking people you know like I, I, that's the best way I could explain it. You could even see it like there's a video on YouTube of uh, the kid who plays Elliot in ET auditioning for the role. And then like after he finishes his audition, Spielberg doesn't say like, oh, good job, buddy, or whatever. He's just like, all right, kid, you got the part. You know, like he just. Uh, yeah, that's pretty know. cool. Yeah, like just kind of gets right to the point with it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of like treats him like a professional. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's actually that's a good point, too. And uh, this is kind of like a weird comparison to make but uh, i recently watched all of, like buffy the vampire slayer and in that buffy has her like younger sister dawn and dawn is supposed to be like 14 to 16 in the run of the show but all of her lines are like she's like 10 to 12 and it's really awkward like oh. they have her act like they have her like acting like like a child when she's like a teen well, that that sounds like Whedon, and <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but it's like it's it's kind of like the perfect antithesis. It's like Spielberg just kind of like he seems to he seems to be able to make kids like act like and behave like their age without them being too adult or too kid. 
I don't yeah. know. It's very weird. It's he's he's very good at it. He's, yeah, uh, he's got a talent for it for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. And I like I like the comment that you make that he, like the character work is probably like a big part of the reason that he is in film in the first place and storytelling and whatnot. Like that's actually probably a good point. He would probably love to hear that as well. Because... Yeah, it certainly feels like it because every single one of his movies, whether it's Jaws or Jurassic Park or whatever, like you remember the characters. Absolutely. Even yeah. with the spectacular larger than life situations, you still, when people talk about Jurassic Park, I feel like they talk about fucking uh, Jeff Goldblum more than they talk about the dinosaurs. You know, like Yeah, and yeah. like all of the things that you yeah, basically everything that I remember in Jurassic Park is either lines from characters or the John Williams music. I like don't care oh, about yeah. the dinosaurs. Yeah. Like it's funny because like I just think of like John Hammond being like, Welcome to Jurassic Park and yeah. like Jeff Goldblum being like, I'm a chaostician. Or like, the <laughs> iconic scene where they're eating dinner and they're talking about the you know, the ethics and the philosophy. Yeah, that's yeah. a great scene. Which is funny because when I was a little kid, I never paid attention to that because I was always looking at the food they were eating because they're eating like fucking carrots or and peas or something. Like, I would, aren't yeah. they eating like something weird? I was just like, what is that that they're eating? And then, uh, but now as an adult, like I actually pay attention to that scene and appreciate like how brilliant it is. And of course, the the classic Samuel L. Jackson line: "Hold on to your butts, people." <laughs> What an iconic line. Yeah, that was before Sam Jackson was really all that famous. Yeah, it's cause... really cool to see him like in a almost like minor role and you like forget that he's Samuel L. Jackson because he's very like subdued. Yeah, because he also uh, a year before he did Jurassic Park, he did Patriot Games, which ironically has Harrison Ford in the starring role. And huh. Sam Jackson just plays like a bodyguard in the background. And it's like, oh, that's cool. yeah, he went from being like a kind of character actor to being like a leading man almost, you know, it's uh, got to get this. He's awesome. He is, yeah. Well, I mean, Pulp Fiction uh, was that, really like, like Tarantino. Tarantino yeah, put he, him on the map, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. In a big way. And then he's only gotten better and been able to show his range and whatnot. Ever since, yeah. But we digress. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I gotta say, it's very weird. There's, there's like, I think I said it earlier with Temple of Doom. It's like, there's like two 20-minute segments and like a 10-minute segment that I don't really like but other than that i like temple of doom and then in kingdom of the crystal skull there's basically like a 45 minute segment it's almost and, like the inverse and like a five minute segment yeah at the very end with all the cgi that i don't like and then everything else i like so i gotta say the three the first three indiana jones movies are like chef's kiss and even if you tack kingdom of the crystal skull on there i gotta say it's like i still basically have a lot of things from every movie that I like. Yeah. It's very impressive. I don't know. And I'm and wait, here's maybe our segue. That makes me very excited about Dial of Destiny. Yeah. Because I'm going to be honest, Indy 5 and Dial of Destiny like have never really been on my radar. I haven't really cared about them, but revisiting all four movies, I'm like this is the first movie that I've like legitimately been excited for. I'm excited too. Since yeah. uh, The Force Awakens. <laughs> Womp, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to see this, even if none of my friends here in the area want to see it, because I don't really know if any of my friends like Indiana Jones. I'm still going to like make it. Well, that's because to... they're savages. <laughs> uh, well, they probably just didn't grow up with it. But uh, no, it's I'm because still... they have no taste. There you go. Savages. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> ouch! <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, 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 yeah, I'm definitely still planning on like 
hopping in an Uber and going to the movie theaters and going to see the ship because uh, it, I mean, this is like the last time we're ever going to see indie on the big screen. And I don't know. It's just a, and it's I a big fucking say, like, deal. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see someone's someone else's interpretation. I was about to say, I'm actually glad that Spielberg's not returning, not because I dislike Spielberg, but because if we are going to get one last go around of this, let's see somebody else take a crack at it. You know, right. That was what you were about to say or, uh, Basically, yeah, and yeah. and and also uh, just as like an addition to it, um, I'm glad that it's a guy who like I haven't ever seen Logan, but I hear great things about it. Um, uh, James Bangle did Logan, right? Yeah, and he also did Ford versus Ferrari. Have you seen that? Uh, no, I haven't. I've also Ooh, heard good you should watch. Very movie. good movie. Watch yeah. that. So I'm very excited that it's a person. I also I was reading an article by him where he like listed some of his favorite movies, and my god the man has impeccable taste um and i i gotta say like it's not because i think that spielberg can't do it obviously spielberg is a film film genius but i'm very excited to see a different interpretation and i'm very excited to see somebody who seems to have such an attention to detail and storytelling and character work like spielberg does like logan is yeah. all about the characters from what i know it is um, yeah basically and, I'm, There's actually not much action in Logan. It really is just a lot of like character work and drama and stuff like that. Yeah, like yeah. I'm very excited to see what he can do with it. Uh, Harrison Ford loves the shit out of this character, so and I'm always yeah. happy to see Harrison Ford like actually excited. have some pep in his step. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like the complete antithesis of what you see in The Force Awakens. Uh, like, yeah, he'll be energized despite being an ancient. Uh, despite well, I actually being... thought he wasn't that bad in Force Awakens. I, yeah. I have a lot of problems with Force Awakens, but I thought like, oh well, he's one of the best parts of Force Awakens. But I'm just kind of saying that that, in my opinion, that's not really saying much. That's not saying, yeah. That's uh, fair. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, I think he's more excited because he knows he's getting killed off. <laughs> yeah, that's fair too. <laughs> um, but uh, like, I would honestly, I would say that even his performance in King of the Crystal Skull, minus the couple of lines, like, kind of blows the force awakens out of the water his performance in the force awakens out of the water uh mm. he just seems like he seems yeah. like he's alive <laughs> i think maybe i would agree with that yeah. um or they're about on par with each other for me but again i maybe i need to watch kingdom in full to to really like uh evaluate but anyway sorry go ahead yeah i think it, i think you would probably if you watch kingdom in full i think and like you get the context of like the highs of his performance that movie versus the lows of like part time yeah. <laughs> um, you'll get the perspective of like oh dang he was actually kind of into this like he was pretty yeah. at least in my opinion he looked very excited to be revisiting the character um, but anyway uh, it has Phoebe Waller-Bridge who's awesome from yeah, what I, like I know um, I haven't watched anything with her but no you've seen her as L3 in Solo she, oh yeah she was the voice actress for l3 um yeah, yeah. and the motion capture yeah um so that's good yeah uh i have seen her as a as a robot um mm -hmm. but she did a good job with l3 l3 is a funny character yeah. i've heard that her big claim to fame is fleabag and i've heard legendary things about fleabag <laughs> um, I, i've seen one scene from it that's pretty funny but uh, yeah God. I think I've seen one scene from it. The meme, she's like, yeah, it's like a meme scene. It's all over the internet. But, yeah, she's uh, like at the door or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to yeah. flirt with him. And then like, she yeah, goes, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Go ahead. So I'm very excited for her to be in it because yeah. that's like a very talented actress. I'm 
I'm. It, oh, she it, also wrote partially wrote No Time to Die. She was one of the writers on that movie. I don't. Know oh, you, cool. Okay, yeah. so that's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's like a she's like a multi talented person. Like she like writes and I think she like right. plays some instrument or something. And then she's an actress, mm. of course. Um, and I mean, imagine imagine if her and Ford have like great on screen chemistry together. Like not yeah. obviously romantic, but like on screen chemistry of like just banter and whatnot. Oh my gosh, this movie yeah. could be very 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 good. Also. Small note, I just like the title. Well, I was going to ask you about this. So, like, with all the other titles, it's, like, they're based on, like, very well-known things from mythology, for the most part. But, like, what the fuck is the Dial of Death? Is that Aztec or something? I've never heard of this shit. Well, that's kind of almost what I like about it. Is the mystery of it all? Is that I have no idea if this is based off of an existing myth or not, and I'm not going to look it up. I don't. I want to know. I want to be impressed if they came up with a cool myth or I want to be impressed if they did some digging into some obscure thing called the Dial of Destiny and came up with a plot around it. Mm. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, is, it, is, it, is it Jack Sparrow's compass? I don't know. <laughs> is that thing real? I don't know. But like one of the best things about Indiana Jones, at least to me, is like as a kid, they like got me into history and like yeah. the weird mix between like history and mythology and i kind of like that i'm looking at this and going i am intrigued it's a legitimate mystery to me like i don't know what they're doing here it could be terrible it could be great i don't know it could be anywhere in between but i'm yeah who the hell i'm knows? intrigued yeah me too me too and um one thing though you brought up phoebe waller bridge I had heard a rumor that um, they were originally setting up her character to then do either more movies or a Disney Plus TV show. But apparently now neither of those things are going to happen because with Bob Iger back in the Disney chair, he wants Lucasfilm to just be nothing but Star Wars from here on out. So it looks like this really may be the end of not just Indy as a character, but like the whole indie universe. Uh, have you heard this? or? Um, I had not. Uh, and my cynical brain hears that and goes yippee like Anakin Skywalker <laughs> uh and my eh let's give him a chance brain says oh well that would be kind of sad because if if the movie ends and I go damn I want to see more of Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character then it'll be kind of sad to know that that might not ever happen. Yeah, I'm in exactly the same boat as you as having mixed feelings on it for those very same reasons. But I would say that gun to my head, I think I'm leaning more towards the latter side, uh, the non Agreed, side. especially if the- they like designed the movie with that in mind or like were able to make some changes or whatever. Yeah. And like have made it to be some really good send off that is also like a clearly not establishing Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character as like, quote-unquote the continuation because like obviously you can have a character who's like being set up versus a character who's like self-contained right and i hope that that has maybe given them a chance to make her character self-contained and like have a really good payoff wrap-up that you don't really like care what she does with the rest of her life (laughs) like you know yeah like Um, ended in a way where it could go one way or the other yeah exactly but i i guess i'm more like bummed out about the the uh, 
that whole thing because like I don't want Lucasfilm to just be nothing but Star Wars. Like I want Lucasfilm to be anything but Star but Star Wars exactly. <laughs> <That's> the, but, <laughs> um, at this point, yeah, but uh, whatever. Um, that that's a losing battle, so I'm not going to go any deeper into that. Well, but I would yeah. say this: I don't if if you said. Um, it's the very. I'm like I have like a weird conditions on this. I feel like nothing is probably, as you say, gun to my head, better than the scenario that you laid out with like a movies and TV show. But the big thing that I don't like about that alternate universe, where maybe those things do happen, I don't really want more TV shows. TV shows kind of suck. Yeah, like, I'm getting. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the streaming wars in general have led to a point where we're just oversaturated, and I, I'm tired of all of it. I haven't even been keeping up with Marvel anymore. And yeah, like I, in, I don't know Indiana Jones. Like, just give me movies. Like Indiana yeah. Jones works way better as movies. Come on, everybody right. knows this. Yeah, all quite frankly, Tom, all of these things work better as movies. <laughs> that the and I think. I will say this about Disney. They seem to be starting to recognize this because they just announced just the other day, actually, that they're combining Hulu with Disney Plus or they're taking the content from Hulu that they own, which is like two thirds of Hulu and moving it onto Disney Plus or moving. They're going to rebrand it. I think they're doing a new app that combines both things together. Um, And then the one third of Hulu that Comcast still owns, Comcast is going to have to figure that out, what they're going to do with that. They'll probably just move that shit to Peacock and then Hulu will eventually cease to exist altogether. Something like that's going to happen. But uh, uh, that's a good thing because I think Disney Plus was a mistake. I'm just going to share. I don't know if I said that when we talked about streaming in our last episode or not, but Disney Plus was just a straight up mistake. You can't make a whole streaming service out of just fucking Marvel and Star Wars. It just does not fucking work. So at least this will allow them to rely on other assets like the fucking Kardashians and only murders in the building and whatever else Hulu owns. And uh, will allow them to, if they are going to have to continue Marvel and Star Wars just focus on movies more so than TV shows again because it, it really has screwed up both brands more than they were already screwed up to begin with because both of them were already going through an identity crisis as is and um, not only that but uh, even if there are movies that are not released in theaters even if it's like direct to streaming movies I don't care it, for that kind of like level of escapism movie pacing just works better it's more epic it, j- it just makes more sense like yeah, I basically agree with that. All that the the thing that um, the thing that has really soured me about like TV shows is that if the golden age of your Sopranos and your The Wire and your Breaking Bad and Mad Men and all that stuff, that's like those things are cut from a different cloth than all of these like new things. No, I mean, obviously there's still, there's still stuff with that DNA of like like succession I hear is very good and whatnot, but a lot of these shows end up just being like drip feed storytelling. Like you could, you could just as easily cut them down into a two hour movie. I'm glad you said that because when we did our Obi-Wan Kenobi episode, I was leaning more positive on it. But recently I came across a fan edit that turned it into just a two-hour movie and I watched it. And now I don't think I'll ever be able to watch the real show version of it ever again because it just works so much better as a movie that it's like, yeah, it's not even funny. And like, think about about that. Like, Kenobi was pretty low impact. 
compared to some of these other things. Like what it was six episodes. Yeah. Like it's like how many episodes of the Mandalorian have there been now? And like only the first season worked as a show. Like, yeah. It's like they kind of. And I know that they won't because it's more profitable to like trick people into having a subscription for three months than it is to make a movie and sell a ticket, I guess. I don't know. I suppose that's what it is. But like it, it it's like just just make the, the story self-contained. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm starting to realize like why TV shows were so different from movies back in quote unquote the day like they were kind of two different mediums whereas now everything is kind of like blending together where you have these like shows that are very short-lived and very cinematic right and people are like oh well that wouldn't have worked as a movie so it needed to be a a needed to be a limited series and it's like okay yeah but you have to understand that like the number of things the number of stories in the world that actually only work as a limited series is like one percent of stories it's really not much yeah yeah like most stories can either be broken up into a a show like breaking bad or like that are slow burn you like watching this character descend somewhere or they're like pop like like this is you're in and out and two hours and 30 minutes max like yeah this saga lots of time skips details cut over don't worry about where he was there he got to the next scene you're good like we're we're we're, we're taking you on a ride we're taking you on this adventure don't worry about too much about like whereas in a tv show sopranos breaking bad it's like you get to see a lot more of the like intimate moments of like what is walter white doing in his downtime blah, 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 right sort of thing most stories fall into those two buckets. The, 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 the number of stories that fall into this weird gray zone of like, well, actually, I need eight hours to tell my story. Hey, do you really, though? <laughs> yeah, I think I've graduated to that mindset as well with all this shit that we've had on streaming and stuff. Yeah, you mentioned basically what I'm trying to say about that to tie it back to Indiana Jones is that I really don't like the sound of an Indiana Jones TV show, but I am f- I can see myself being disappointed that phoebe waller bridge's character won't get more movies yeah 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 i was about her doing crazy archaeology adventure stuff Mm -hmm. Um, and actually it just works better as movies but go ahead agree um on that note though uh oh man i lost my train oh yeah i'm wondering what her name is going to be because if if it is true that they're at least thinking of potentially rebranding the franchise around her especially if it's it turns into a movie franchise still um i'm wondering they, she's got to have a catchy name i mean like montana they, smith something i mean like because the thing is is that like my from uh kingdom of the crystal skull they were kind of setting him up to be the successor sort of i guess and like can you really build a whole movie franchise mutt jones and the dial of destiny you know what i mean like i don't know yeah names are important it's weird i agree like it's weird like mutt when you first hear it you go like oh i see what they're doing with it like he's a mutt yeah i I get it but mutt's kind of weird like indiana blah 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 blah. and like his name is williams and slash jones depending on you know which parent you're going with um and it's like okay williams is a very conventional name like jones so it's like I the, guess Mutt Williams kind of rolls off the tongue. Like the, the dichot, and also it's like Indiana Jones, like 
multiple syllables, one syllable, mutt, one syllable, syllable Williams, multiple syllables. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. They're kind of like playing on the same formula. But I would say this. Mutt is just not as cool as sounding. Mutt Williams is just not as cool sounding as Indiana Jones. Right. I, like, I, call me like blinded by nostalgia. Indiana Jones is just an awesome name. Yeah. I don't care. Like, so apparently I, that was, that was George Lucas's dog's name was Indiana. That's where that oh, comes from. And also that George Lucas, Indiana, the dog also inspired Chewbacca. So that dog can be credited for inspiring two of the most important movie characters of all time. Well, it's also funny because they do a nod to that in the last crusade because the dog is named Indiana, Indiana. Oh, right. Like there, uh, you, you, there's the scene with the flashback scene. That's like, set yeah, in like yeah, yeah. With, River, with River Phoenix as the young. Indiana. Yeah. River Phoenix. And, right. uh, like you see the dog for like one shot. Right. And then later in the movie, uh, like Sean Connery, he keeps calling him Henry, right? Because he's really and right, and he's right. like, I it's Indiana, and he's like, the dog was Indiana, right? Right, and right. like, uh, what's his Sala is like, you're named after the dog, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that's I guess that's a nod, a yeah, yeah. nod oh, as well. it definitely was, yeah. Um, but, but uh... yeah, I, I would my my joke name for her at the moment is Montana Smith. I I half-heartedly hope that her name is literally Montana Smith. Well, did you know that Indiana was also originally supposed to be named Indiana Smith? Yes, I did. That's why I picked Smith. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. But I feel like her name should be Montana Smith. I, I would be cool with Smith just as a nod to what his name was originally supposed to be. Yes. Yeah. It should be a different state. Louisiana Smith. Louisiana Smith. I like Louise. that too. Louise. She could go by Louise. Yeah. There you go. And uh, what, what, what would be Rhode Island Smith? <laughs> New Jersey <laughs> South Smith. Carolina Smith. Eric Smith. Washington Carolina Smith. Smith would actually work Carolina. pretty well. Yeah, I and like that. And she could go by Caroline or Carol. Yeah. I'd be down with that. Yeah. Just something. You know, something that, like, you know, pops. But if she's really... Carmen San Diego. That oh, I wonder. I wonder if I. Yeah, I played the stupid PC Carmen San Diego games when I was a kid. I want now that you say that, it just occurred to me that that name was probably inspired by Indiana Jones, and the fact probably, that probably yeah, and yeah. the fact that she also like has like a brim hat, right? And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. I'm excited for Dial of Destiny. I'm I'm me excited too. for Dial a Dial of Destiny in a way that I have not been excited for a movie in a long time. Oh uh, yeah. It's weird because I have almost zero expectations for it too, which I think is a great way to not be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm kind of just like hyped. Like it's like it's just Indiana Jones, man. Hopefully Harrison Ford is like, despite being a geezer, despite being one of the artifacts that Indiana Jones would collect. (laughs) uh, (laughs) There's the line in uh, the Last Crusade where. He's like at the beginning. He's like stealing the thing back from the one guy, the the um, cross of Coronado, and he's like, "It belongs in a museum." And the guy's like, "So do you." <laughs> I just get that. I hope that they have somebody say that yeah. to Harrison Ford now, because he would be like, "Oh, come on." <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great way to not only nod at the fact that he's old, but also kind of like bring things full circle again. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, but. Yeah, I've like I've read zero speculation about this movie. I don't really want to know anything about it. I kind of just want to go in blind and the things that I do know about it I like. Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, uh James Mangold. That's all I really need to know. 
Yeah, and from watching the trailer, because I, uh, I've oh, seen I the trailer. Oh, I have seen bits and pieces of the trailer. I don't yeah. really remember it very well. I, I remember, just kind of remember the scene where they show the young Indiana Jones. Which looks very good. But, it does yeah. look very good, yeah. Yeah, that impressed me. But um, uh, what was I going to say? Harrison Ford seems like he's giving a shit. That's a, from what I've seen in the trailer. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's not a King of the Crystal Skull situation. situation where they use the wrong takes. <laughs> yeah, where they use the wrong take. Hopefully the editor... Hopefully James Mangold has some quality editors. Yeah. You were saying that like earlier, the, another quick divergence that like he's, he's influenced by a lot of classic movies and stuff. He did say, cause after this, he's supposedly doing a movie about the origins of the Jedi and he wants to make it the 10 commandments in space. And to me, don't get me 10 commandments is a good movie for what it is and stuff. If you're into that, like four hour biblical epic type stuff, but like, Ten Commandments in Space does not sound all that interesting to me. <laughs> well, Henry, that's why Indiana Jones is, is better, better than Star Wars. But even without the Star Wars context, just Ten Commandments in Space, even if it wasn't Star Wars, just doesn't sound interesting to me. It doesn't, well, doesn't sound inspired. I hate to sound like a stick in the mud, but uh, I think... I don't know, maybe I'm becoming an old man or maybe it's just because people haven't done anything that interesting with it for a while. I have to say, I think one of the best things about Indiana Jones compared to something like Star Wars is that it's just set in our world. So yeah. like, things kind of just like make sense and you, yeah. don't have to, you don't have to spend so much time world building so you can focus on the actual fun things. So I'm, that's a good point. That, that's, that's me sounding bitter. I'm not a big fan of world building storytelling. I know that that's like a whole... There are a lot of people who very much appreciate like detailed, rigid... You're like, good at it though because like I've read some of your stuff and I mean like... And I don't know if you're okay with talking about this but like the fact that we're collaborating on a book right now and like I basically wrote up a, a, just a vague little outline and you took a piece of that already and already turned it into a chapter and you added so much good world building to it. So I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that. I mean, it's it's like a it's like a thing. I've actually heard people make the joke that like the things you like the least are the things that you inadvertently are the best at. <laughs> and it's because like it's because like you you write them like kind of almost like I don't want to say angry, but like you're almost kind of like frustrated with it because you think you're not good at it, which means you pay more attention to it. And then inadvertently you become good at, I don't know. I'm happy to hear you say that. Uh, that I mean, I don't know. I just kind of like took a few things that you made up and I was like, I'll expand on them or I'll, I'll mm -hmm. add a little detail in here. It's kind of just like adding small details here and there, but mm -hmm. I'm not a big, like, um, like a lot of high fantasy is very like, world building oriented storytelling like the world building comes first yeah, the characters yeah, like, come second the I'll plot admit, that comes is third. one thing about lord of the rings that like people jerk off a lot and it, it, it's getting to the point where it's tiresome like you know yeah and it's also just kind of like world building tends to be like a thing where it's just kind of like an assortment of facts it's yeah. not really like it's not really like interesting material or anything going on um, yeah so i don't know i guess i'm uh i guess i'm a little bit anti-world building in that regard so that's the thing is i kind of like i'm starting to come around to more and more things that are set in our world because it's like the world building is done for you it's called human history yeah yeah um, 
Well, that's and, why when I wrote my first book, I started with stories that are all set in the real world because I knew like I need to build up the muscle in order to do escapism type stories down the road, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. And like, that's the thing is it's kind of a weird thing is I think people associate because you just brought up the word like escapism and that's true. Like things like Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and whatnot and Avatar The Last Airbender and all that stuff. Great for escapism, but also like, I don't know, man, Indiana Jones is is great escapism and it is true that it is set in our real world yeah Uh, and it kind of feels like it almost had more room to like make really great memorable characters and sequences that are its own form of escapism and like it's just this fun premise and it got to skip like all the world building stuff yeah also i'd like to say some of the better parts of the even though i've been shitting on it all this time some of the better parts of star wars are the parts where they just skip the world building like they don't care or like the world building is glossed over like that was before the dark times before the empire like yeah oh clone wars Wars. don't worry about it yeah 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 exactly like it's like they kind of just like it's like um what i was just saying is like you kind of just throw in details here and there to make something seem deeper than it is yeah which i kind of noticed from the writing that we've been working on yeah you're part of it yeah like i i didn't really world build so much as i just like made names for things and like added a couple of details here and there like it's really Mm -hmm. not that much more than what you did yeah but i guess that's in a way kind of the secret to good world building is yeah it's like a magician's trick george r R. martin calls it a magician's trick because or they some people call it the iceberg thing where it's like yeah it's more like leave it to the imagination because people's imaginations way more vivid and they're way more engaged Rather than telling them explicitly what happened or what's true or what's false. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, bringing it back to good old indie. I've, I know I said this earlier. I've been solidly indie pilled and I am very excited for Dial of Destiny. I guess that's my kind of like my roundup of my thoughts. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I mean, I really do think that regardless of how Dial of Destiny goes, uh, this series, I, you know, I'm, happy that it, it could end on a high note but also sad that it's almost over it seems because like even if they do continue it there i don't harrison himself is done with this one i'm yep. pretty sure and um you know so it'll be sad you know saying goodbye but also nice seeing it in the theaters one last time a new adventure and everything like that and i do think you know no, no matter how it goes it's going to go down in history the franchise as like one of the most important i mean it already has but i mean it'll continue to stand the test of time and continue to be important and influential it's certainly it's influenced a lot of my own work it continues to influence a lot of my own work same Uh, yeah yeah. i think uh i i don't know this is this is my i guess this is my ultimate sign off because we're also going to do an episode for dial of destiny right i think so i mean i feel feel like that was the plan yeah (laughs) once we both get around to watching it yeah uh yeah i'm I'm gonna try to see it opening weekend yeah yeah Um, i'm gonna try to as well uh and then uh i know i'm going over later in the year i think we'll still have a solid month there in between though where we'll have time to coordinate an episode for it yeah so yeah um so i'm just i just want to say this before i this is this is the least cynical i've ever been about a property and i'd like to just say that indiana jones has taken my top spot it's my favorite property of all time Ooh, wow i don't know if i'm it's definitely high up there for me i don't know if i'll say it's my favorite favorite but it is. Well, it's my favorite favorite, Henry. Yeah, I'm glad that you found uh, something that really like you don't have to be cynical about it, and like you could really like appreciate the positive aspects while still 
healthily acknowledging like points where it could be better and stuff like that like not being like a blind follower to it or whatever because you know then yeah. there's a lot of people that are like very culty about these things and so. i will revisit this opinion with dial of destiny <laughs> there you go <laughs> but i think that's uh that's everything on my end uh yeah i think i got everything out of my system too i don't think i have anything else so yeah, uh, so, this was uh, a good one this is a great a, one yeah i think this is one so far that we've done actually i mean this is my favorite one so far and it's also officially now about your favorite, favorite film property. franchise <laughs> yeah so there you go yeah so uh thanks for joining us for everybody who did join us and uh not snakes why did it have to be snakes uh that's a great full circle moment there <laughs> bye see you